premise, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, if this was our last conversation, I want to say, um, I'm so glad I met you. You know, I was a fan before I met you, right? And it was like a thrill to meet you. Mm. Like I was very inspired by you. I, you know, I, I really love, I love the world, I guess. <laughs> and I love like, uh, this world? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love this world. And I love like trying to make it better. Oh yeah. Right. And I just and I was just so inspired by your example because I really relate to to you. And then your humor about it and your playfulness about it. It was just like kind of like just the right balance of things that I just found really like I could just I just resonated with it's so much, you know, when I saw the first Yes Men film. Mm. And then, I don't know, it's like, it's great to meet somebody that you admire and then to like be friends with them and then to sort of like see all the complexities of them. So, yeah. I just, I don't know, like it really enriched my life. Oh, same here. Yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, in the hugest way. Um, I mean, I didn't, I'm not, very well educated in film. <laughs> so I didn't know of your work before meeting you, but, um, but uh, you know, I was completely blown away as soon as I saw your work. And, and then it was just thrilling to observe this, this strange creature in my life and to be close to you and to play sports and to get to know how this can function. Um, so there was this kind of curiosity there that was um, intense, and then I I I I got to kind of love you, and you know, really like deeply appreciate um, you. And it's only over the years that I've noticed. Um, well, it's only you know I I made some prepared notes because that's what I do. But I was like thinking, okay, what have I learned um, from Kavi? And it's very clear now uh -huh. to me that wasn't before because huh. in the last three years as you know my life has taken a radical change yeah. um and i've 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 gone into writing about my mom and you know in a very personal way that i had never done before in my entire life i wrote fiction but uh -huh. it was not deep well it was deeply personal but not not in this direct like explicit. here's who i am yeah. explicit like here yeah. you know take it or leave it i don't fucking care here's what i have to say um this is who i am and well i don't know how to say this uh, but like because i know you it's easier mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because cool. i've seen you doing uh -huh. it to an nth degree huh so it's it's easier and i think it's made it possible even there are very few people who do anything remotely like as honest as what you do. Obviously, what you do is unique, but I'm trying to be pretty honest. Uh -huh. Not to your degree, uh -huh. but... In your book? In my book, yeah. yeah. Which I have no background for, so, like, your friendship has meant... has been important. Cool. I, I didn't know that. Mm. You know, I think we all feel like we are lovable, mm. deep down. 
but I don't know about you, but I always feel like I don't trust that anyone can see that, mm-hmm. you know? And you said just, you know, a couple minutes ago, you said something like, uh, I, I, I grew to love you or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised because hmm. I always feel like, why? <laughs> or, or how? Or like, not that I don't feel that I am lovable, but I, I'm almost surprised that anyone ever sees it. Yeah. And then I wonder, like, what, what do they see? That's such a good question. Uh-huh. That's such a good, challenging question because it's clear. And when I'm about to say this, I don't know if it's something I admire about you uh-huh. and am blown away by about you and, or if there's a difference between that and what I love. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Your, your steely honesty, I was going to say, and your like commit utter and total like this is where I'm going and that nowhere else. And, you know, fuck it. That, which, you know, I see in your like eyes pretty much like mm-hmm. don't even have to think about what you make, but you know, you're, you're, you just have this kind of determination mm-hmm. that's kind of remarkable and like, wow. Um, and I, th- I think I just love that. Um, mm-hmm. Among other things, and also the, the the suffering and the struggle and the difficulty mm-hmm. uh, around that, and the crazy trouble that this puts you in in your life, and yet you still do it. Which is, you know, on the one hand, you could a superficial look at that could, you know, well, that's crazy, but mm-hmm. but it's also deeply touching, mm. and I don't even fully understand it, but it's like you know, real and it's deeply wherever it comes from. It's like, oof, wow. Um, I guess it brings out a lot of compassion and also admiration at the same time. Is that mm-hmm. what that's called? Mm-hmm. When you said that you admire uh, my, basically my tenacity or fortitude or something like that, mm-hmm. um, is that because you feel like you lack that, that you admire that? I have. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, really fucking standing for you and what you're doing and fuck everything else. Like, uh-huh. I've tended to definitely not be that way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I mean, part of me has always been driven to do to do stuff, and I've done it, and I've kind of made it happen. But I've also, like, been super insecure mm-hmm. a lot of my life. And, like, writing this book... I have had to feel really strong. I've had to access strength and steely determination kind of just, you know, to just do it. And there's something about your determination that I do Uh feel like I lack. Yeah. Uh Yeah. But writing is hard. I mean, yeah, it's very alone-ish. Yeah. And I, I, I avoid aloneness like the plague. Right. Which I share with you. <laughs> oh my God. That's part of a love that I would feel for you too. It's uh-huh. like absolutely getting that uh-huh. and seeing that. Yeah. And, and the way you're completely not strong is also really touching. I see. That and that. Because I share that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. That particular. Thank you. I, I think you're maybe more compassionate than me. And I think that maybe makes you. Also, like it makes things harder for you like maybe some of my steely determination has to do with a certain kind of like uh, insensitivity and 
if I was more sensitive, I might be like more tormented or torn mm. and my path might be less, it might be more complicated and rockier and more circuitous. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that because I think, you're not a Libra, are you? Yeah. Oh, you are a Libra. Yeah. I know you don't believe in this stuff. Yeah. But you seem like a Libra to me in the sense that, you know, like you seem like you're really aware of the other. Mm. And when you do things, you do it with a real understanding and appreciation and taking stock of the other. And so when you do it anyway, like it's, I think, a little harder for you than for me, because I'm not taking as much stock of the other as you are. Uh. Like I'm much more in my own thing. And you're actually in a more, in a vaster expanse. And mm. I think it makes you more observant than, than I am. And I admire that because I'm not very observant. And it also makes you more tortured in a way. I mean, I'm tortured too. But your torture, I think, is, it's, it's noble. It's like it's, a, it's from caring. I'm just trying to absorb this because it's, it's really surprising. Like everything you say, I feel almost the opposite. Like, like hmm. I think of you as being very much about love and caring and taking care of and, you know, and also ruthless. But I feel like you feel a lot. I do. But my love is a little abstract. Huh. And it's kind of metaphysical. Uh-huh. And yours feels very, like, in the world to me. Wow. Oh. Well, that's... I mean, it's hard to describe people because there's so many, like, exceptions and ways in which that's not applicable and stuff. But one thing that surprised me getting to know you was sometimes you get um, irritable. Mm. <laughs> and like you can be in a bad mood yeah and oh my God. <laughs> and i like that about you because it's like it's very human you know because uh -huh. you almost seem too perfect and so like when you're like in a bad mood it's like okay i, I almost feel like uh, <laughs> it makes me feel less bad about myself wow so i think i have a reflex to hide myself mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. and to present who I should be. Yeah, the best possible version. Yeah. And and you don't seem to have that as much, which I, I deeply admire. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> and I think that is like maybe a core thing that is amazing that you you have the ability not to care uh -huh. about that. And I don't think it's because you don't give a shit about people. I think it's because you realize that the you know you're gonna do a thing your way and you you've you feel you you have a certainty around it being useful which it is like showing people who you are and what 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 is in you is just so useful and then you just proceed and you show who you are whereas i i do you're, you're right i do kind of automatically not on purpose make this effort to really be as close to perfect as I can. And mm. that's a real problem, I, I yeah. think, mainly. And then I do blow up. Right. I, I, pretty routinely. Yeah, yeah. Like you overdo it, and then you have to kind of, like, yeah, push it all away. Yeah, I still remember, like, with your class, uh -huh. you know, loving them and all that. 
but accumulating this whole semester, there was this like resentment. Oof, <laughs> oof, and I deferred to you on that. You were so sweet, and the whole time, I mean, you were very compassionate. Uh-huh. Like the girl who, you know, I was just irritated by <laughs> the one boy <laughs> so much, and then by the one girl so much. And you were fine. You were like, I mean, you said something about the one boy, like he's gonna have trouble. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're totally right. I, I need to see it that way. And mm-hmm. and the girl you you set up a, a, a fund for, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was even the one I was irritated by, but <laughs> I don't think it was, actually. I mean, I was irritated by all of them and you weren't, you know? Uh-huh. But I didn't really express that, I think, during uh-huh. the semester. I was pretty yeah. kind and so on. But then when we went to film a, a summary, remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a semester later or something. A year later? At the end no. of the semester. Was it the, not the same semester. It was a different group of people. Uh-oh. I hope it was, because I didn't mean to tell them all this. No, I think it was a different. I think we cut it out. Yes, you yeah. did. You didn't use it. <laughs> yeah. That's what you told me. But I think it was a different group of students. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. it was. It was not the same students. It was different students, for sure. No, but why would you talk about different students? No, I didn't. But I mean, I came to your class, but oh. it was a different group of people. It was a, a the class was a, composed of different people. We we had a class. Yeah, we did that class. We talked how, together how to overthrow the U.S. government. Made the movie. Made the movie. Which I love. I love that movie. It's funny. And but then there was at the end the 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 one thing that didn't work was the summary. Right. And and so then we tried to redo it with a different class of yours. I feel like it was not the same people. Was it? It was because it didn't make any sense. Fuck. Maybe you're right. We just tried to do it better, or but, maybe but, nicer. But the semester was over. Yeah, but the film wasn't over, because we kept working on the film. Yeah. For like another. But but there were people. It was in the context of a class, because I went to the new school and there was a room with students in it and you, mm-hmm. and it was like this is not my class. This is Kavi's class, and and then I went into the booth and I spoke and and then I came out and. I think I listened to it along with everybody else, and we were all kind of going, oh, no. <laughs> and then you definitely didn't use it. Remember that? Oh, vaguely. I was trying to teach a class about Trump's TV show, The Apprentice. Oh, God, no. That wasn't it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I came, in, in any case, I was really sour about everybody. I, I kind of let it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, because, I, you know, you're honest. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to try to do what Kaveh does here and be honest. And I think I was distant enough from the class uh-huh. where uh-huh. I couldn't really be honest right. fully about, you know, who's irritating me or why. Right. Because then I would be you able to do that, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, except you didn't do that. And maybe you're not irritated by them because you're, I, you're, you have a way of being better, I think, in, in, than me in that regard. Like you can be around people who might be objectively irritating. And no, I'm kidding because yeah. I don't believe in that. But you know, you're, you're kind. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's almost like you were kinder to them than I was. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like were less mad at you than they were at me. Yeah. But they also kind of loved me more. Yeah. Because I was more real with them. Yeah. Yeah. 
you were observable. You could see who you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have never yeah, you, been able you to maintain do that. a aloofness a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Which was which is tied to virtue. Like Really? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> you were aloof so you could remain virtuous. Well, well, because to not be aloof would be to like basically let them have it. Oh, that's true. I could say, "What are you complaining about?" Yeah, which you kind of did. Yeah, and then that, and then you got to get out, and then you feel better about them, and Ugh. and they adjust. It's like you know, part of that's commitment. You also have a higher level of commitment. You had a higher level yeah. of commitment. You yeah. were like, "This is why I'm doing this, and I'm going to do it." Yeah. And that involves letting them know. Yeah, and showing the camera. And, you know, having the reality of things be on camera. Yeah. And I didn't have that commitment. I was just kind of like trying to overthrow the U.S. government. (laughs) But I was focused on, I think for decades, I kind of subsumed my actual feelings about things to this project of making the world better. Right. Like all my needs I satisfied through like, well, I'm doing something good, right? which occasionally was true. Yeah. Overall, it's a self-delusion. Sure. You know, but I, I kind of sub- substituted actual feeling with that. Right. Um, actual going through it. Right. And what you do, at least partly, is go through it and show other people going through it on camera. And it's like you're actually evolving and it's... and Showing people how to do that uh-huh. by doing it, yeah. mm-hmm. which is, it's very good. I mean, I don't regret anything about the last 20, you know, my career as a yes man. But if I had a little more honesty and a little more like just, yeah, no, that doesn't matter. I mean, I had plenty of that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's just <laughs> honesty is good. <laughs> I had plenty of judginess and, and so on. So, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I did neglect the personal. A lot of stuff that was going mm-hmm. on for me and in me and, be, you know, around. Like, it took me forever to get to the personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I, I could even almost pinpoint when it started. But what you do is very much about that. And mm-hmm. I obviously that's the direction I've gone. Mm-hmm. I've taken myself in mm-hmm. for a reason mm-hmm. and you're a really good exemplar mm-hmm. of that. And I think you may even be a large part of the reason that I've been able to do some of the mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. I've been doing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I feel like I come out of a very similar place that you do, you know, like I think, you know, like a leftist political rage mm-hmm. at the world's injustices, mm-hmm. but it's true. I kind of got off that track faster than you, but I still like really, appreciate it and admire those who do that <laughs> mm. you know yeah so i kind of like too. it was kind of like seeing myself or a part of myself or a, an earlier version of myself if i had continued in that way with mm. a certain kind of largeness you know like not not in a narrow way you know yeah and so you kind of like epitomized something to me that reminded me of of myself and a part of myself that i missed mm. kind of wow and you know, the semester that we taught that class together, we'd always go to that uh, Spain yeah. <laughs> bar afterwards. Oh, yeah. And I really loved those, I loved those sessions or those times. And yeah, me I, too. That's like my favorite kind of thing that semester was like just hanging out with Jacques 
after class. Yeah, same. For sure, same. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I, I don't have that many friends. And I don't have that many people I really, like, 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 deeply. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it really meant a lot to me. Oh, I was just going to say, it's very rare to make buddy friends, like, that you really want to be with, that you just like being with yeah. as an adult. Yeah. It's, it felt like a kid relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in the best way. Yeah. Like, fresh. and really. Yeah. And, and I was sad when the class ended because we didn't have that, you know, yeah. structured opportunity anymore. Right. And, yeah. you know, life just throws you in different directions. Totally. We had it before the class, too, in racquetball. Yeah. And we made a, a routine of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to do that. And part of it was about racquetball, yeah. which is a great sport. Yeah. But part of it, I mean, a lot of it was about hanging out yeah. on, the, on the seats that yeah. look into the thing and yeah, just yeah. sitting there in between matches or after or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I have been curious about you, um, like where you come from and how. Because I, f- I do feel this like kinship, but it's like when you know somebody pretty well, like I know you, I feel I know you, and there's still this like, who are you aspect to it. It's kind of cool, you know, because uh-huh. there's a feeling of possibility. Hmm. Of course, if one of us dies tomorrow, which I think is the premise yes. of the podcast, <laughs> then it, that possibility vanishes. And it might not be important. Um, either but yeah are you asking me a question i don't know (laughs) yeah what made you you do you know um hmm me when you say me which part of me are you referring to like the part we've been talking about (laughs) yeah the the part that's like this is what i'm gonna do and i'm just gonna do it like i mean going back before college like before high school even maybe Uh to like what what constitutes you that you or or gets in your way that you've done this to overcome or whatever it is like like I can almost I can't answer that for myself exactly but I can I think you're more stoic than I am and I think I'm kind of like a baby in the sense that like I'm very easily upset by things that don't go my way. Uh, and I have very, my, my pain threshold is very low. Oh, wow. I think you have a higher pain threshold than I do. And I think most people do actually. And mm. that's why people can put up with more crap than I can. Mm-hmm. But it's like the canary in the mine shaft thing. Like, I think I just start to die very fast if things aren't a certain level of honest or something. Mm. And so like- Right. <clears throat> You know that uh, that Kafka story, the hunger artist. Mm. He like he's like really good at fasting, uh-huh. and it's like an art form and it's a sport. And people come from all over the world to see this because like the best hunger artists. I mean, it can go for hundreds of days without eating, and it's this incredible story. And at the end, people lose interest in the sport, mm-hmm. and they forget about him. And he's still fasting in a cage in the circus, and they've forgotten that he's even there. They thought he was dead, but he's still alive and he's still fasting. Somebody is like cleaning up the cage <laughs> and they find him. And they're like, what? Hey, are you still alive? And he's like, he can barely talk. He's like, you know, he hasn't eaten for maybe years. <laughs> and he says, yes. And he's like, why? Why do you do this? And he says, 
if I could have eaten like all of you, I would have, but I couldn't stand the food. And then he dies. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So I feel like that guy. Yeah. Do you ever think about like what a core event in your life might have been that made you this particular way? You know, I can, I can come up with Freudian hypotheses, mm. but I only believe in past lives, I guess. Oh. Or I believe that we're, we come into existence with things already, problems, issues, <laughs> interests. Yeah. And, you know, I have two kids, and it's so clear to me, like, they came into the world with a personality. Oh, yeah. And with predilections. Yeah. And it has got almost nothing to do with their environment, like what we did. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm, not, I'm, you know, I'm very new age. I just really believe, like, we're born into this world for a mm -hmm. reason, yeah. to learn something. Right. And I feel like what I'm here to learn has something to do with not caring what people think. Mm. Mm. And with, like, being okay with being hated, actually. Yeah, that's wild. And uh, that, like, I needed to, like, get over other people. That's amazing. Is, but there's no, like, event from... Like, can't you see, like, something in your childhood where you're like, I don't care. Well, or you know, I'm not going to care. Yeah, I mean, my mom had got like, a nervous breakdown when I was a kid. Uh -huh. And I was sent to boarding school in Switzerland when I was nine. Wow. So between nine and 11, I'm, like, in a boarding school in another country oh. with no parents. And then I come, oh, wow. And then I come back, and I'm really, like, do not fit into, like, uh, you know, junior high school American culture at all. Uh-huh. You know, I'd get, I'd get picked on, I'd get beat up. Yeah. Everyone thought I was gay. Yeah. You know, I was constantly called a fag. Yeah. And my parents were divorced. My mom was kind of out to lunch. So I was kind of like, I didn't fit in. You know, like, I think if I had fit in, everything would have been harder for me. This is so interesting. But, like, I had nothing. So I had to create, like, my own mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. We're so similar. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like, okay, so, I mean, I saw this movie, All of Us Strangers, a week ago. Uh -huh. It's about... This guy whose uh, parents die in a car crash when he's 12. And the rest of his life is conditioned by that. And he knows that. But one day he goes back to the house where they were outside of London. And they are there mm -hmm. as they were when before they died. Mm -hmm. And he goes in and they have conversations. And he's an adult now? He's a total adult. Uh -huh. And they're so happy to see him. Uh -huh. And they're really relieved that he's been doing okay. And, you know, they know this isn't the past. Um, it's all very strange. Huh. There's this one moment where they, they say, is this real? <laughs> and Or he asks, I don't know, one of them asks, is this real? And the other one answers something that's satisfactory. But it, it, so it made me immediately remember that when I was about 12, I um, was deathly afraid that my parents would die in a car crash. And I had to be able to call home once a day from school, from the counselor's office, wow. to make sure that one of them was at home. And I don't know how I got them to agree to this, but 
only one of them would ever go driving while I was away huh. at school. Wow. So it was like a deathly fear, like wow. a paralyzed, a completely paralyzing fear of being left an orphan. And I think after that, I actually kind of was a little bit of an orphan because then I, you know, became a teenager and I started having feelings about boys. And I also got a friend group and you know, smoked pot and did all this fun stuff with them that I, you know, my parents were neither interested in nor able to follow along with, huh. or maybe in the other order. Uh -huh. They weren't able to follow along with it, and they were just confused about it. Yeah. And I felt like I had to craft everything myself. And it feels really similar as like a basic story, uh -huh. like a bereavement. Maybe it happens to everybody, actually. Uh -huh. And maybe what you've described is like just being orphaned like we all are, maybe. But or I, many of us. But I think like... Weirdos. We all have like tentacles in our hearts from others and from the world. And the, the main one, I think, is one's parents. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially people who have, who have good parents or pretty good parents, like they're so much more tormented in a way. Like they're mm. so much more... Yeah. You know, they, they're in a very complicated love yeah. situation yeah. where it's just much harder to like be free. Yeah. And, like, I didn't have a lot of that. Really? Yeah, like, my, my relationship with my parents was very thin. Oh, wow. Okay. And Mine was very deep and yeah. solid. Yeah. Now there's a difference. But there's still this break where, I mean, before you were nine, there must have been some feeling of depth, no? Maybe not. Probably. I mean, I think I was born with it. Barring that hypothesis, <laughs> <laughs> I find it hard to follow that one. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I respect it, I guess, but it's like, I mean, I do think we're born with stuff for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Very obviously. I don't know where it comes from, but it kind of doesn't matter. But there's these conditions in life that I think are incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that condition just as much as whoever you are. In, in some deep essence, yeah. And, you know, my son is really good at ba basketball. Mm -hmm. And he's really into it. And he's on the team. And he practices all the time. And, you know, I was pretty good at basketball when I was little, mm -hmm. like in third grade. I was as good as anyone. Mm -hmm. And I was into it. And then I went to boarding school in Switzerland for two years. And I didn't play basketball for two years. Mm. And then when I got back, everybody was better than me. So I just didn't go down that path. Right. And I feel like there's something very, very different about him and me because he actually is good at something and he's sort of in it and he's part of a community and it's like he's, he's integrated. He's, he's well adjusted in a way yeah. that I wasn't. Right. And it's just as simple as I didn't practice basketball for two years, you know? Mm. That's, yeah, wow. Makes sense. And of course we are different. Like, cause if you went to a boarding school at nine, that's a much earlier kind of splitting from whatever there was anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Than me, which never happened except right. because I became an adolescent and you know, blah, blah, blah. And there was no, yeah, I had to craft it. Um, my, my mom found out that my dad had been cheating on her. That's when she like had her nervous breakdown. Oh wow. 
and so then there was also this whole kind of messaging about sex being being bad because <sighs> I caused like all this pain to my mom that I had to kind of repress my sexuality when it came up you know right. and to feel guilty about it and then sex addiction came out of that oh that's so interesting me too not <laughs> not the same at all <laughs> I, I, I don't know if there was any cheating but like having to repress sexuality yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was gay yeah until finally a cute boy touched me and then it was all over instantly uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. no more shame uh -huh. oh wow yeah it just poof, gone really interesting but up, but up until then it was totally repressed I mean except to myself occasionally I would counsel myself uh -huh. that I should come out uh -huh. should you know accept it but it just wasn't feasible uh -huh. in the environment given who I was and given how scared I was and how not steely determined I was but like how I needed so much approval like coming out to my parents would have been disaster well my mother and when I did I had a lot of support when I was 19 but I had to repress it before then yeah it would have been too much for me I was too scared yeah so yeah similar and then I became a very sexually addicted uh -huh. later to compensate yeah for that missed time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm certainly familiar with shame. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like, when I made I'm a Sex Addict, you know, like, I was still pretty ashamed about the whole thing. Like, you know, I remember once I met some people, they were nice, my age, and they're like, oh, what's your movie about? And I, I tell them. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, silence. And, you know, it's hard not to get paranoid. Like, they're judging me. They think I'm a creep. They think I'm horrible, yeah. you know. And they probably weren't. They were just probably just, like, didn't know what to say. Right. But, like, I still had so much um, shame. And, like, I would go into, I would just spiral into, like, what, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And making these films has really, like, been incredibly healing. Because now, you know, it's like... I can just say it and I, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of like worry about what the person mm -hmm. will think. Yeah. Also the mores have changed, you know, so it's like a little less shameful than it was. Yeah. But it's been so like um, clear that the more I can like just say who I am, yeah. the less bad I feel about who I am. So that's an amazing quality to be able to, to, to have the shame and to have the, you know, fear or whatever it is uh -huh. and still do it because yeah. it's it's what you need to do it reminds me of that saying about courage that it's not about not having fear uh -huh. it's about i forget what the doing it anyway yeah <laughs> something like that i mean the more fear the more courage yeah yeah and and it's not about diminishing the fear it's not about killing right. the fear right fear is to be respected and welcomed yeah. but to you know do it anyways yeah. Well, you know, I was just—I was going to say earlier, actually, like one of the things that really strikes me is—is is, is your courage. I mean, like, what you do takes so much courage. Mm. I mean, the the yes men are courageous, you know. Yeah. I mean, in a big way, and in a very clear way. And one of the things amazing about this movie is just watching you like do that thing, and mm. it's just like, oh my god, yeah, he's actually doing it. And we see your, you know, hesitations and your fear. Yeah. But then we see you do it. Yeah. And it's just like so inspiring. Thanks. 
I mean, it's um, my comeback because I've talked about that so many times or any of the Yes Men <laughs> stuff. So I, don't, I have comebacks for everything, <laughs> even though it's praise is like, well, there's no actual danger there. And, you know, also you're working with people. So they kind of like that helps. Yeah. You know, there's a little danger. Mm, a little bit. Psychic danger. You can get in trouble. You can get sued. Mildly. People could... Actually, even people being mad at you is, is, is scary. People can be very mad at you, but as long <laughs> as you've decided that that doesn't matter... <laughs> like, I don't want people I like to be mad at uh, me. Uh-huh. I really... That kills me. Um, and it happens. Because I can be really insensitive, yeah. despite everything you said. And, yeah, yeah. and so, you know, I just feel terrible when... People I respect are, are mad at me, um, and I don't understand it. But when people, I've decided to, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. like it's part of the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. is to make these people that are doing something that I've judged wrong, right. whether rightly or wrongly, that's what I've judged. It's not, there's no danger in, in that. And there, it turns out there is no risk of getting sued, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> okay. All this company, I have a lot you of found that out here. By, yeah. by, by risking it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess there was a always a yeah. And most people don't want anyone to be mad at them. It doesn't matter how much you respect or don't respect them. Moving on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know too many of those people. Really, I do. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, kids. Oh, kids don't. Yeah. I mean, my daughter. Like, she doesn't want anyone mad at her. It doesn't yeah. matter who they are. <laughs> yeah. But then, if she decides that somebody's bad. Uh-huh. She probably cares less. Yeah. But still a little bit. She might not be old enough to decide that somebody's bad. But, yeah, yeah. you know, once she becomes a hardcore uh, communist and, you know. <laughs> no, I yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. When, once she. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. But but then there's a, there's another level where, you know, there's a, a Christian mm-hmm. thing where everyone is good. Oh, God. And then you're back in the thing again. Right. <laughs> well, there's also the. Buddhist version of that where everyone's good at root <laughs> but definitely not in their actions yeah. at all yeah. and the most compassionate thing you can do is attack them as hard as you can mm-hmm. um. <laughs> you know Sam Green who you know uh, we're both friends with and who you know I think has a lot of affection for you mm. he said to me once or something about how sometimes you can, you can be very depressed. Mm-hmm. You go into like a depressed mode and you're like, maybe you weren't being communicative or something. Mm. I said something and he said, yeah, Jack sometimes gets depressed or something. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really ever thought of you that way. Mm. And yeah. I was like, oh, I think that opened up a different vista, but a, 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 a compassionate one. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, Jacques struggles with this. And yeah. it just added one level of complexity to your complexity. Yeah, I think the the movie we made together, that experience of like sort of seeing myself do that, you know, not be able to express things and then expressing them, is like a crack that is in in me. That uh-huh. like with this book, a lot of it's about the depression that comes uh-huh. with the situation. Although I'm avoiding it too uh-huh. in the book and sh- trying to show the other side as well, but uh-huh. then having to admit periodically, like, this is really fucking horrible and hard. 
but it's this amazing thing to do. Uh -huh. So, I'm, I, and I feel the same kind of steely certainty with it that uh -huh. I imagine uh -huh. you, uh -huh. you feel. But being able to kind of be a little more, a lot more honest than I've been uh -huh. is something that I've gotten from you. Uh -huh. And because your depression is like right there. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's amazing. And your joy too. So it's like uh -huh. when you're happy, it's like so fun. Uh -huh. And I mean, it's fun either way, but uh -huh. you know, it's always fun to hear that how you actually are feeling uh -huh. and uh -huh. to watch it, but also to know it. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I'm, a, I've been afraid of being depressed, showing depression or, and, and you not, which is amazing. And, and something I feel like I need to learn from, uh -huh. have learned from. Uh -huh already uh -huh. but it, you know once you're set in your ways it takes a little while <laughs> yeah I think because most people don't show their depression yeah. as much or readily as I do they interpret it as much graver than it is also. right and they're, like, they're really worried mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it's just like you know it's just a run of the mill depression it's not like totally yeah yeah, same with grief. Like I posted, I never post on Facebook about personal stuff. Uh -huh. Almost never. I, I started to, with my mom, um, post these pictures of rocks and dirt and plants and and like railroad ties that I was using for fencing. Like of 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 garden of working in um, my backyard in Tucson, uh -huh. and then I would accompany it with a, a funny story about my mom <laughs> and it was all so avoidant but you know i was uh, at uh. least communicating well here's the core situation right and it was a cry for help it was like uh -huh. <laughs> here's some pictures of rocks read what i'm writing tell me i'm okay or, uh, uh. or something or uh. just you know uh -huh. realize that i need support and um, huh. So that was as far as I could do. And then just the other day, I posted a picture of these candles from uh, my, my uh, dad's yard uh, site, the third anniversary of his his death. And I said um, something like, here's what I'm doing, and here's the full story. And, and I think a lot of people were like moved, but also like, and to me, it's just like, well, yeah, I live with this. I've lived with this for three years and uh -huh. I'm just commemorating it. Uh -huh. but they were like, oh no, there's an emergency uh -huh. and we need to take care of you suddenly. Uh -huh. And no, you need to take care of me or other people always. And, uh -huh. but when you show it to yeah, others, yeah, yeah. they are afraid. Yeah. Right. When you said it was a, it's a call for, it was a call for help. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of help are you calling for when you do that? Well, when I posted the pictures, in this case, I just wanted people to reach out and say, I'm thinking of you, uh -huh. whatever, you know, uh -huh. let me know that they're aware uh -huh. um, or, you know, care. Uh -huh. Yeah, let, that's it. Because uh -huh. you want to see uh, your pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Uh -huh. And just let me know they see it. Uh -huh. and, uh -huh. You know, maybe share some. Like when I hear somebody is coping with a parent with dementia, let's say, uh -huh. like, I'm, I'm thrilled uh -huh. and I, you know, I want to hear all about it because uh -huh. that's what I'm right. coping with. And then they want to hear about mine and it's mm -hmm. this like really wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, you do share these good stories as well and, and sharing the pain is really important and sharing the, yeah, sharing the logistical hurdles too is really important. 
like how horribly hard it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, something about like mm-hmm. that there's power in, in sharing this stuff and I get that from you. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me more able to do it. Mm-hmm. I find this should be off the record, but okay. I, should, I just want to say like, um, yeah, I really love Kathy. Oh, and Uh-oh. wait, <laughs> Kathy's the one that I met. Right? Yeah, small child. Yeah, small <laughs> child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that part should be off the record. It <laughs> and just if this was our last conversation, I want to say something like, you know, like mm. I really love her so much, and I think she's really an amazing person, mm. and. I guess I kind of felt like maybe you didn't see that fully or something. Mm. And I just would be like, oh, yeah, I was a little bit uh, dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. But I was. like if I was dying, like be really nice to her or something. Oh. And if I was, I would want to tell you the same about Jameson. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That even though we've broken up and, you know, we're incompatible or blah, 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 there's this, like, just utterly, completely deep love that will not go anywhere and you want her to be taken care of. Wow. It's funny because, you know, mostly I've heard, you know, you complaining. Yes. (laughs) So it's really, it's really great to hear that, actually. Mm. It just, like, puts everything in perspective. I'll take care of Kathy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you take care of Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Shall we shall we end it? Sure. Okay. Thanks, Jacques. Thank you, Kobe. This has been great. What an amazing project. Too. Oh thank you. Useful, like all of your stuff. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Useful. That's not what I meant to say. It's amazing. Yeah. I have tears in my eyes. Me too. I see them. Yours. Yeah. I feel mine. I feel mine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.